on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. I, oh no, we cover the latest on the iOS 14.5 drama. For Pete's sake, Google's reporting arrows have us questioning everything. And we take a potential new Google feature for a test drive. It's cool, but we're not into anything else they auto-apply. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on April 30th, 2021. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode. It is a beautiful rainy day here, and the thunder and lightning are going to be so great for our audio. Can't wait. Greg, it's great to see you. What's new with you? Well, I yesterday went, and no big deal, and not going to brag, not even going to say it, but went and got my second vaccine yesterday, <laughs> and I went with my wife. My wife went ahead of me. The very nice lady uh, took her ID and said, oh, Colby, that's a beautiful name. And I'm like, oh, this one, this is great. I give my ID. She goes, Gregory. That's that's okay. That's an okay <laughs> name. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, a funny story. I had a friend that named her dog Gregory. It was a basset hound. Gregory's a good dog name. <gasps> oh my so, gosh. Wow. I, well, at least you can trust her. Like if she told you the shot. <laughs> Didn't hurt that bad. Like you could believe her, you know. Yeah. Unlike so, these other nurses, you know. I just get yeah. Every, everyone is not has some sort of uh, incident that mm-hmm. I've I've encountered. I mean, you do wag your tail when you're happy. So that's <laughs> a dog <laughs> joke. <laughs> okay, well, we're happy here because we have a lot of exciting things happening. So please bear with us for just a little bit of housekeeping here. If you are listening to this as a podcast because you couldn't find the episode on YouTube, don't forget we now have our own YouTube channel. We are still a proud part of the Search Engine Journal network, but you can now find our videos at youtube.marketingoclock.com. If you're already watching there, hi. Please like and subscribe and click the bell. It'll help us out a lot. Thank you. And more awesome news, we have the best listeners in the world, and we want to connect with you and make this more of a community. So we set up a Marketing O'Clock Discord server. We're so excited. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Discord, it is kind of like Slack. We have it set up with a bunch of channels, and they're organized discussions. And this will just give us more flexibility in the future for broadcasting and interaction than Slack would. There are paid organic and social channels and a cool tools channel where we can share tools and also resources that we find. There's also a news channel. We used to have a Slack channel internally with our team at Cypress North where we would share news stories to be featured on that week's episode. 
All of those stories will now be posted in this news channel in Discord, so you can be notified of news stories as they're happening. No need to wait for the show on Friday. No need to look around for it on Twitter. It'll all be right there in your feed, which is really exciting. Yeah, and we basically stole this from Barry Schwartz, probably <laughs> listener of the show. When I was at Third Door Media um, in Search Engine Land, you would just post all the stories. So we just started doing that, and now you can see them live if you want. Fodder, something to tweet. You can see it live as we see them. Right. This is just going to be a really positive place to share good vibes, successes, tools, news, and of course, business memes. <laughs> we have a shoot in the heck channel for that. And I, full disclosure, we set this up last week and PPC Grab and Andrea Cruz are already in there with us. I made my first PPC TikTok. I'm out there with PPC Kirk now. Um, nobody thought it was funny. What did you guys think? We should play I, it. I didn't get it. I'm too old for TikTok. You got your, the, the little kid talking about something. I don't know. It, I got it. It made sense. It's Gia Judice talking about how she's waking up in the morning thinking about so many sad things and she just she wishes things would get better. better right? And I went through some of the garbage recommendations that we found in our Google Ads account. Waking up in the morning thinking about so many things. I just wish things would get better. I'm trying to get rid of them, but nothing seems to stay the same. It was funny once it was explained <laughs> to me. I didn't get it either, Greg. I'm not on TikTok. Shep had to send me examples of other people yeah. doing the same, like doing the same meme. What That's you how you know say? the joke's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know how to use TikTok. Well, I kind of learned now, but like I thought it was gonna paste a short link and I posted like this whole thing. I like the TikTok of your baby. I know. Those are fun. Yeah, those are good. But I'm just trying to make PPC TikTok a thing with PPC Kirk. Okay. No relation to PPC Greg. So if you want to join and check out our business memes, please visit community.marketingaclock.com and you'll be able to join our Discord server. And I forgot about one more channel, very exciting channel. We have the giveaway channel and we want to thank all of you for joining and we want our community to look really good. So we have really, honestly, the coolest piece of PPC merch in history. Jess and I were like drinking a beer, I think, and we were like, what would the coolest, most rad ppc shirt look like and we made the stupidest like death metal ppc shirt it's ever. not stupid it's, it's it dope. looks amazing it's pretty awesome did you say it was dope yeah, caleb that's a that's sick. a good word it is like bad at symbol dollar sign dollar sign good oh. it is like do you should i describe yes. it to people okay so it says paid search and like really metal font at the top, right? And then there's this skeleton woman with a ponytail. So you know she's cool and she's got headphones. She's clearly listening to Marketing O'Clock. She has a Marketing O'Clock poster in the background and we are all skeletons as well. And you can tell exactly who is who. It's amazing. And you know, this skeleton girl, she's, she's bidding. She's bidding to the bone. So. <laughs> and you can see her charts are going up. That was one important thing, Greg, when we were drinking that beer talking about this. Greg was drawing it out on paper and he just kept showing me the charts. The charts and all the charts, are, the charts going are going up. Are going up. <laughs> the important Get them up. Thing. <laughs> this is just amazing. She's doing her job and she's doing it well. And she's a marketing o'clock fan. Yeah. So if you're a marketing o'clock fan and you are, because you're listening, you want the shirt. And shout out to Sammy on our team because she's yes. amazing. We had these ramblings and she just made this beautiful shirt. So to claim yours, all you have to do is post a screenshot showing that you are subscribed to our new YouTube channel, youtube.marketingoclock.com. And you can post that right in the giveaway channel in Discord and we'll get your size and send you a shirt. And the URL again for our Discord is community.marketingoclock.com. We'd love for you to join us. Finally, 
here in housekeeping, actually in the good housekeeping. There's a new episode of Agency <laughs> Scoop hosted by our fabulous CGO at Cypress North, Jill Fetcher. Jill is sitting down with Mark this week to talk about aligning your sales and marketing teams. It's a really fun episode and they both have a lot of experience with sales and marketing. Mark is like the part of the sales team with his clients. So tune in to that. And a little piece of not so good news, but it's like the light of the end of the tunnel too, because next week we have to record remote. Yes, we have sewer issues. I know. Well, we're having sewer issues, but it's also like the first step to getting our beautiful studio ready, yes. right? So Correct. one week we'll be recording from home. Bear with us. The episode will still be here. We never take a week off. And then down the road, we're going to have our beautiful studio for you. So that's it for housekeeping, if that was enough. Let's get into the news. This Monday, iOS 14.5 rolled out with its much-hyped or hated privacy feature that's the app tracking transparency. And so why is this a big deal? When you open up an app that previously tracked actions across the web, you now get the app tracking transparency, which I'm just going to call ATT from here on out, the tool pop-up. And so previously those apps that are developed for iOS use an identifier for advertising to conduct the tracking across the web and apps would use this information about the user to gather information from what the user has done elsewhere outside of the app, right? So um, you're on Facebook and Facebook knows because um, it's got pixels on other sites what you've consumed. So if you want to allow Facebook to track you off of Facebook on a different website or app, you now have to opt into this, which is a huge deal for targeting in general, right? Um, so before 14.5, Apple mobile users could still limit ad tracking, but you had to toggle things on deep in the software settings. So this is right in your face. Anytime you open an app you can that will track you, you have to opt in. Does it all make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so what Apple says is that ATT requires apps to get the user's permission before tracking their data across apps or websites owned by other companies for advertising or sharing data with data brokers. Apps can prompt users for permission and settings. Users will be able to see which apps have requested permission to track so they can make changes to their choice at any time. First off, this is nice in a way, right? Like you now know you have to say, yes, I will let Facebook track me mm -hmm. across the web. So there's some very nice feature to it. It's also going to hurt advertisers in a way by not having as good of information to build audiences. Okay. So how does this impact Google, right? Let's get to it. So Google came out with an insane article about <laughs> what this means. So first they said, how do you understand the impact of ATT on Google Click ID website and offline conversions? So a few things might happen in your Google Ads accounts. So the GCLID may not be appended for iOS 14 users. And if you have a value track parameter that's the GCLID, it may show blank text. You also may see a decrease in reported website conversions. Not good. And you may see a decrease in reported offline conversions. So what you can do is you could take advantage of Google's new innovations that can help with the measurement of iOS 14. And there's a new global site tag, the gtag.js, 
Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics property, when it's linked to a Google Ads account, it'll set a new first-party cookie on your domain by default. So it should help to follow this. Again, everything will be over in our community.marketingclock or in our newsletter at marketingclock.com. And then the last thing with Google is that you may expect performance fluctuations in monitor delivery and bidding settings closely. So they said, advertisers running display video and other campaigns promoting web-based conversion goals may see performance fluctuations as Apple's ATT policies may go into effect and we expand model conversions to more iOS 14 traffic. Modeled conversions? Now you might be asking, what's a model conversion? <laughs> so in order, to, this is from Google, in order to model a non-observed slice of data, we try our best to use data from an observable slice so we know user behavior is the same or very similar to the unobserved slice, or we have good understanding of how they're different. So they're going to model when a conversion happens, which is quite scary. <laughs> okay. And here's the thing that I personally loved. They worked this in and they said, we recommend that you enable audience expansion for remarketing or customer match campaigns and choose to include similar audience audiences on all ad groups. No. Why? No. Why do you think? <laughs> but I, Have you seen their stock price? I know, but like, I don't get how they're trying to relate that. It's, I think what Raise they're saying budgets. is there may be some, some there may be less uh, numbers, right? On, on remarketing, how do you keep getting increased numbers and increase don't remarket right you just do similar audiences <laughs> but that's not remarketing keep it separate i know i know, <laughs> I know, I know. i'm preaching to the choir but <laughs> okay so i'm almost through here and how is this going to impact facebook we've heard you know you probably had your grandparents talking to you back in december about the new york times <laughs> ads the paper ads they put out where they tried to combat apple and they said well, what, on the Q4 earnings call in January, Zuckerberg said, Apple has every incentive to use their dominant platform position to interfere with how our apps and other apps work, which they regularly do to preference their own. Many small businesses will no longer be able to reach their customers with targeted ads. Um, so they are also implementing a new advertiser experience experiences and measurement protocols. There's a new Apple SK ad network API and Facebook's aggregated event measurement. These protocols restrict, aggregate, and delay reporting while continuing to enable the measurement of campaign results with limitations. There's a lot of limitations, but the biggest thing is advertisers can expect to see changes in Facebook's business and advertising tool setup audience selection, delivery, measurement, and reporting. So advertisers can expect to see changes in Facebook's business and advertising tool setup, audience selection, delivery, measurement, and reporting. The reporting may be delayed, so you won't have real-time reporting. Data may be delayed up to three days. And for iOS 14, app install campaigns, it's a, just a nightmare. <laughs> can I just say, it's just a nightmare for that? And then there's no support for breakdown for both web and app web conversions, delivery and action breakdowns such as age, gender, region, and placement will not be supported. And then the account attribution window settings are changing. So once Apple enforces their iOS 14 requirements at the attribution window for all new and active ad campaigns, we set at the ad set level rather than the account level. So it's going to be at the ad set level specifically. And that is a lot. That is it. I'm going to also fire through a few tweets here that I thought recap it nice and this is from brian garvin uh, from groove and he said i think my biggest frustration with ios 14.5 with facebook isn't the decrease in conversion tracking but rather the reduction in custom audiences i can no longer build out more directionally accurate top of funnel middle of funnel bottom of funnel um, audiences and he goes to show that you many people are excluded from being selected in an audience there's also a whole lot more but that was just a lot do you know anybody have any questions on ios 14.5 I don't I have any questions. Did as fast as I could. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen the notification. 
Did you ex- did you opt in? Um, honestly, I don't remember. What are you? <laughs> any other thoughts on iOS fourteen? I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see like my own ads and how they change. Yeah. And maybe it's like I'm an advertiser. Maybe it's my affluenza. But like, I kind of like seeing ads sometimes and like finding new clothes. Yeah, and if you opt in, I mean, yeah, we might get less people, but those are people that hopefully will be maybe a little bit better for us. They said, yeah, I want personalized ads. Follow yeah. me. Go ahead. Yeah, I want Sam, those people. And Sam Tomlinson at Digital Sam I am on Twitter made a good point. He said, I think a lot of people have forgotten what truly terrible advertising feels like. An entire generation has never known it. Well, what's old is new again, thanks to Tim Apple. Apple has done a masterful job of framing the debate as privacy versus anti-privacy. But as we've shown time and time again, people don't like hot trash experiences and they're about to get a lot of them. Yeah, like the only thing that could be worse than ads for things you might be interested in is getting ads for things that you'd never be interested in. Yes. Like Like those life insurance commercials when you were like 12 and (laughs) thought it was cool to watch soap operas. Those ads weren't for me. I don't want that. Or Twitter recommendations. Oh, gosh. You like sports? (laughs) Athletes wives. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And next up in the news, Spotify is launching podcast subscriptions. So this new feature will give creators more range in how they choose to make money. Instead of just having ads in their episodes, they can also monetize them by putting them behind a paywall and actually charging for content. Spotify has pledged that they will take no subscription revenue cut for the next two years. Starting in 2023, the company will charge 5% fee for the tool. What is interesting here is that Apple just announced that they will also be having a subscription podcast service. Jess, do you want to guess how much of a cut they're making? Because I think Greg knows. It's got to be high. 10? 30% of the cut. For the first That's year. crazy. That's great. Wow. Fifteen percent for the second. Like Apple's like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Like that's terrible. You make so much money, and then you're just gonna take money out of the pockets of these podcast creators oh who, goodness. like, I subscribe to podcasts like through Patreon and pay for mm-hmm. their content. Like, really, just because I like the host and want to support them. Like this one I subscribe to, I don't even have time to listen to anymore. But I listen to the free episodes, and I just want to support them. And like thirty percent of that's gonna go to Apple. That's insane. That's crazy. And then I don't know who in the right mind would alienate an entire section of their audience or potential section of your audience, right? We've seen that with Clubhouse. The, the growth has halted a little bit. Be, nobody on Android can get on there, <laughs> you know? And, and at least with Spotify, you can go cross-platform, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. So this is interesting. Like, like I said, I do subscribe to Patreon for some people. And what else is really annoying about it is the RSS feed. Like, if you know me, you know I'm just not going to like download that RSS feed. So I like open the app and I scroll all the way to the bottom to the episode I'm looking for because I just don't care to figure out how to do it. Um, so this is really nice that for Spotify, it'll be right in the app. I think that's one of the biggest draws. The company will launch the feature with 12 different podcasters and will open this opportunity to more creators in the coming months. If you're interested, you can join a waitlist right now. Podcasters will have three monthly pricing options to choose from. or $8, which is interesting because with Patreon, you can have like one podcast can have different tiers and you'll offer different things with different tiers. So like, I wonder if mine switches to Spotify, what they'll do. Paid content on Spotify will be demarcated by a lock icon where a play button typically shows up. To unlock the show, potential subscribers will have to navigate to the program's dedicated anchor landing webpage. Spotify won't have a big subscribe button at the top of every podcast page, and you won't be able to subscribe directly within the app. Why? They need to fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Don't they want money? Make we it easier. We had a story before I went out about how advertisers could have landing pages 
on the podcast page, why wouldn't you be able to link to the anchor page where people can subscribe? This story is just, just so layered. That makes no sense. It's awesome. it, that's maybe the worst customer journey. Yeah. You could pass yeah. somebody's like, let's make the most difficult customer journey. Yeah, but then, like I said, you won't have to do the RSS feed. It'll be right in Spotify, so that's nice. And I just think Anchor's doing the most. Like we had someone ask us recently who was starting a podcast what they should do, and Anchor is just a no-brainer hosting option at this point. I think like the analytics need improvement, mm-hmm. but everything else is awesome. Thanks, Anchor. <laughs> what else is happening? <laughs> Speaking of awesome, it looks like local car search might be coming to a Google near you. So how do we know this? Jim Kreinbrink at Denver SEO on Twitter and the president of Hyperdog Media spotted new URLs in Google's robots.txt file, which just made my brain explode that somebody's even checking that. It's awesome. And Jim found two new disallows in there. He found slash local slash cars and slash local slash dealership. The latter 404s, but if you go to google.com slash local slash cars, you can see a listing of cars available in your area. And you can then filter the results by use, new, there's brand filters, or you can just search directly. It's a little bit of a crude experience and there doesn't really appear to be a rhyme or reason to how the filters display, but it also really has a mobile vibe to it. I accessed it on desktop and I had to like long click and drag horizontally the filters, which is definitely meant to be like a mobile experience. I do not believe you found that. I know, right? What a psycho. You guys don't know SEOs that well. I know, but also their robots file. If you, I went and looked at it after this, it's not organized. I would be so afraid managing that. It's not alphabetical. There's allows right next to disallows. Like, I would just be afraid one little slip up and you could really screw something up. But anyway, as uh, Barry Schwartz noted in his coverage on this for search engine land, the filters in there also don't work perfectly. They're clearly still working on this, so we're not judging. And I'm also not judging anyone that's interested in the 2013 Scion with 93,000 miles that I saw for only $8,700. That's a terrible deal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so many miles on a car. <sighs> I'm just glad. I originally saw this and thought they were ads, and I was like, we need to protect the SERPs from car dealership ads because... The ones on TV are like the only thing worse than the injury attorney guys. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, so at least it's organic. Yeah, it's very organic. Google has yet to officially announce the feature, but there is a statement in Barry's article from a spokesperson who said, we've heard from potential car buyers that surfacing this inventory information directly on Google helps them quickly explore and compare available cars, leading to more qualified leads for dealers. Dealers and related businesses can fill out a partner interest form if they'd like to learn more about the opportunity. The car inventory information is powered by feeds shared directly from dealers or their data providers. Google is not charging a fee for this feature. And the link to that interest form from Barry's article leads to a page that says Google is piloting a feature to surface cars for sale inventory on dealership business profiles. The demo actually looks really cool, much cooler than what I was actually looking at and playing with on slash local slash cars, but it could be the bones of what we're seeing there. So it seems something's definitely in the works. It has to do with cars. Seems like it's going to be free. I don't know. What do you guys think of this? I feel like it's a nice feature. Yeah. I'm surprised it took this long. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's going to be ads and they're going to make more money. There will definitely be ads at some point, I think, but I don't think it's going to be ads only. Right. Hopefully it stays like the shopping where it's a mix of organic and ads. Yeah. Keeps your feeds squared away now, I guess. I just, looking at it, the breakdowns are just very strange. It's not a good experience. I don't know. It's very crude, but it's it's not official. So 
Give him a little credit. I did do a search though. I searched for Honda and then the filters changed just just a specific, what is it, models? Honda's the make and the other, the other things I are models? Honestly, I don't know. I don't either. But it seems like it's going to do, you know, basic things you would expect it to do. <laughs> now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take comes from the queen of spice herself, Pamela Lund. Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter. And there is a tweet out there from power listener of the show, Sarah Stamen, at runner kick, K-I-K, on Twitter. And she said, can I get, admit, I always, and this is what it says. So I'm just (laughs) going to read it as it reads. Can I get, admit, I always get poor ad strength and have to revise RSAs dot, 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 PPC chat. And then Pamela came on and said, I always do too. And then I feel better when the suggested headlines are things like brand name, landing page. <laughs> and it probably could be your brand name or a competitor's brand name. <laughs> <laughs> Someday it may just say brand name. <laughs> yeah, remember what it was like two weeks ago? There's one where it's like a Shopify website. <laughs> yeah, that was the so recommended cute. title. Yeah. Great. <laughs> And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I people from Sean Ellie at S Ellie 2134 on Twitter. I could have said that wrong very easily. He says, it still cracks me up that it's a red arrow when cost goes down. But why is it a green arrow when CPC goes, goes down? Like, I almost read that wrong because it is so confusing. Yeah. Like, this is from Google Ads <laughs> Reports. And it just makes me think of, like, that meme with the guy with the question marks around his face. Do we know that guy, Caleb? Does Nick he have Young? a name? That's Nick Young? Nick Young? Yeah, right? Nick yeah, Young? Right? Yeah. Who's he? Who's Nick Swaggy Young? Swaggy P. Oh, Swaggy Pete. Love right? him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Insert question marks around my face. I have no idea what you guys are doing. This is me for work, I <laughs> <laughs> Also showed on the screen. Like, this just makes absolutely no sense. But there's also a great reply from Jivin C on Twitter. He says, I think the indicators were originally made for Google account reps and then made viewable to the advertisers as well. So this Whoa. explains the cost arrow, but not the CPC. I know. <laughs> Hilarious. Ouch. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. And here in the paid lightning round, we're going to start with the Google Ads auto-applied recommendations corner, everybody. So first, we have an article from Fred Valleys on Search Engine Journal, and it is called Which Google Ads Recommendations to Apply Automatically? And he goes through the different types of recommendations and talks about whether or not they are a good one to opt into automatically based on your account and your goals. So first, he talks about bids and budget recommendations. He says, quote, If you tend to run your most mature campaigns on target ROAS strategies, then it makes sense to let Google move any of your newer campaigns to the strategy as soon as they have enough data and Google believes doing so will drive incremental value. Like I agree, it's nice. It would be nice to know when that's available and there's enough data and you can turn it on, but I don't want Google to do it for me. Nope. I just- Uh, Yeah, how do you know what they're gonna set the the TRO as You don't. I don't want that. I don't, yeah, get rid of that one. anything (laughs) applied. Yeah, you're getting to my point. <laughs> what do they call that? Burying the lead? No, it's the opposite. 
Um, then he talks about keyword and targeting recommendations. So doing things like adding targeting, expansion, partner sites, and creating DSAs. No. Why would you ever want to do that automatically? No, I don't want that. I don't want partners. No, I don't want anything. I don't want any of that. The one that Fred says he never recommends turning on is add and extension recommendations. I have to agree. Like literally writing new <laughs> ads without me seeing it. Nope. Um, and how lazy are we all? I don't know. <laughs> can't write an ad. Um, Fred created Optimizer, so he's obviously a big fan of automation. I am too in the right setting, but I don't think you should opt into any of these. That's just my opinion. And and by the way, the bids and budgets, like there isn't an auto-applied recommendation to raise your bids like when the first page bid goes up. I don't know. You, you know and how- that would make sense. The fact that when you see all these recommendations load and there's nothing to say lower your budgets means that obviously Google Ads doesn't have your best interests in mind. Yeah. Everything is, let's go this way. Let's go. It's these different incentives going on. Look at the the stock. Uh, look at the, the Q2 earnings that just came out. They're making way more money. And who? it's obviously in their best interest to make recommendations that get them more money. Yeah. Why would anybody do this? I don't know who Fred is. <laughs> so moving on, Michelle Morgan from Clicks Marketing has a new blog post about Google Ads expanding auto-applied recommendations. She says she took over an account that was opted into them and specifically it was adding and removing keywords. I just have to read her quotes here real quick. For those of you paying close attention, you'll notice that I didn't discuss the keywords Google added to the account. Normally that kind of secrecy would be warranted as the keywords in theory should give away the client or the product. Well, reader, let me tell you, this is not one of those instances. Yeah. So we'll have all of them up on the screen and we'll link to her article in the newsletter, but here are some of the broad keywords. Advertising software, marketing firms, TV ads, website ads, Google AdWords advertising, no ads, website monetization, ad click. Okay. Cause this is like GPT three just vomited out a bunch of words. <laughs> Here are some of the phrase match, or sorry, exact match keywords in the same Google Ads account. Made in China. What? Ten best selling books. Address la- address labels cheap. I like how those weren't the exact match. <laughs> Alibaba Alibaba bulk. Oh my gosh! No. All Zero. natural cosmetics. No. And I'm looking at, like, this is obviously, I can't get the Fred's thing out of my mind. Like, even the bid and budget recommendations, if you have a very healthy budget for something that's CPC, and then you switch it to maximize conversion value or maximize conversions, you're going to get hecked over. Like, this is bad. It's not good. So bad. And Michelle says um, she will pay you $100 if you can figure out what the client does. So take her up on that. Nobody it's not enough money for the skill it would all take. All natural organic that. makeup? Like, what is this company? <laughs> it's an all-American-made product made in China, according to these keywords. But they recommended in the broad match the term advertisement ad, which is a yeah. is breaking my brain. No ads <laughs> as well. Oh, advertisement ad and no ads. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is so fun. Okay, we're not moving on from the auto-applied yet. This one's from Reddit <laughs> from Dinkleberg. <laughs> Dinkleberg. Apparently, there were 161 <laughs> other Dinklebergs. This is Dinkleberg 162. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Dinkelberg said they were activating, they remember activating auto apply recommendations in the control center and specifically chose not to add any extra keywords or anything that would drastically change their account. It turns out that Google has automatically undone this opt out and opted them back <laughs> into things like adding keywords, which have resulted in their costs going through the roof. Surprise, surprise. So and again, conversions through the floor is yes. what he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great quote. Yes. That's a down arrow in red. Well, people. it's a sad quote, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, just check that auto-applied recommendation center again. I just can't stress it enough. I feel like it's getting turned off for people, and it's terrifying, and it's not easy to find. We will link it in the newsletter again. And if it, this wasn't the longest show in the history of the world, I'd freak out because Google Ads is just ruining yeah. the product. We'll pin that link in Discord, too, to the auto-applied mm. recommendation center. And next up. Next up here, Facebook is introducing topic targeting for in-stream video ads, probably because audience targeting is going away, as we know it. So Facebook says 2 billion people watch videos on Facebook each month that are eligible for in-stream ads, and 70% of those ads are complete watches. There are just so many. I know. They probably, you can't stop them or something. And next up, we have an update on that simplification of bid strategy story that we told you about last week from Google Ads. Greg did some digging this week and found that you do not necessarily need to add an extra column to see the bid strategy, at least for now. He was scrolling through and he has this target ROAS campaign and it's reported in the bid strategy column as maximized conversion value with target ROAS. So he didn't need to add the extra cell. So correction, at least for now. Still confusing. I hate it. Yeah, I've got a whole nother thing. <laughs> Caleb and I were setting up video campaigns, and there are video campaigns that you can only do target ROAS, and you can't do maximize conversion value. So I wonder how that's going to fit into the maximize conversion value with target ROAS opted into if there is no maximize conversion value and there is only target ROAS currently. I actually have a great um, visual guide to that that I made for my book that I'm going to put in Discord. So join Discord. Awesome. Um, another thing from Discord, Greg posted a link to a tweet from Tim Jensen, and it is a notification from Google Ads that says, your account must be using expert mode to access Keyword Planner. You won't be able to access Keyword Planner if your account is using smart mode. <laughs> Greg said proof that smart mode is dumb mode. <laughs> well, it is. Anytime you, wow. na- you label something like a specific name that you want people to think, it's wrong. Makes no sense. Like smart food popcorn? Right. Not good for you. Popcorn. Yeah. Like it's vitamin water? Popcorn. Yeah. Sugar water. Insert Swaggy Pete picture. I figured it out because you guys put it in the notes later. I saw exactly who it was. And PPC Chat is joining the clubhouse. Brett Badofsky has an article about this for the Paid Search Association. And spoiler, if you're listening to this and you're on Clubhouse, you should probably join. Finally, we have our Tales from Smart Shopping segment. Cole Soldwish from our team at Cypress North made this really awesome tutorial about how to pull data from the black box that is Smart Shopping. It's really surprising all the things that you're able to dig up if you know how to use the right reports and segments. So the Google retail category dimension is automated by Google and it has nothing to do with the way that you categorize your products in your feed. Basically, it's a collection of labels that Google uses to categorize user search terms. When I pulled this report, I noticed a whopping 94% of my spends were allocated towards a Google retail category that perfectly matched my product. So Google added the feature to report indexing issue directly in to their search team. 
So it's in the footer of the URL inspection help document and indexing coverage report document. It's currently piloting this in the US only and should be fully available to all in the US within a week or less. There's also a great tweet thread where they have all the other things to exhaust before you start re reaching out to the search team directly with indexing issues. I just hope people just don't go straight to the search team and ruin this for everybody. Okay, and next up, we talked about it last week, but the Google product reviews update, AKA the Prue, was still rolling out. This week it's done. Barry had asked Danny if it was still rolling out and Danny said, I actually just checked and it's done. So yeah, caveat is with any update, you can still sometimes have some edge case lingering, but effectively done. And that was April 22nd, if you wanted to put that into your annotations in GA. All right, next up, if you wanted to see some winners and losers of the Pru update, actually, you probably just want to hang around to the Must Read Marketing article of the week. But Morty Oberstein on Search Engine Journal also has kind of like a anecdotal winners and losers and how he looked at it. So it's more like why he thought some of the changes happened. It was worth a read. Um, but our Must Read Marketing article of the week is the legit breakdown of the Pru. And up next from Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Roundtable, there may be a new algorithm update that started over the weekend. Uh, there was chatter on April 23rd, and it seems to be an unconfirmed Google search ranking algorithm, uh, both on the web search results site and the local search results site, according to Barry Schwartz. And there was one chart that I loved. It was the SERP metrics chart. And Barry even put in there, SERP metrics, look at that dive. <laughs> and it sort of looks like a roller coaster, but you could see it really peak and then just drop right off. So, it's a scary coaster. And that was charts with Greg. Okay, next up, YouTube now lets creators change their channel name without changing their entire Google account. Hmm, be nice if we could just change the... Uh, one slice of our playlist next from Search Engine Journal over to YouTube.marketing.com. Or if they made it easier to change your avatar. Oh, that's We had that nightmare time. last week. Yes. It's, it, I'm not even going to get into it. But Probably what? Working. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a new study from Search Metrics that analyzed over 2 million web pages and all the content appearing in the top 20 Google results in the US, UK, and Germany. And it found that 90% of all those sites failed their core web vitals. So the big question is, will there be any change come June when the page experience rolls out? And I don't know. I also liked from the article itself, the one line said, the study found a couple of exceptions to this thread. Google owned YouTube ranked highly in searches despite performing poorly for the core web vitals related to speed and loading responsiveness. Gee, I wonder why. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I know which one's not going down. <laughs> All right, next up, Google has officially dropped the QA on Google in the search results. They confirmed that with Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Land that the Q&A is gone. That is not the Google Question Hub feature. The Google Question Hub feature will stay. It's just the Q&A that is going away. Uh, next up, one in five fake e-commerce listings come from only 3% of sellers, which is crazy. So 3% of sellers make up 20% of those fraudulent e-commerce listings, and I heard right before we started recording that Facebook is going to start cracking down on that as well. Okay, we'll talk about a little bit more Reddit here. And this comes from Barry Schwartz over in Search Engine Roundtable. And there was somebody on Reddit that was complaining that the Search Console request indexing feature was not working. And then Gary from Google chimed in and said, it does work, but even for your request to be indexed, Google still might not index the page. He said, mind you, it's not a guarantee the content has to pass quality checks to get selected for indexing. And then he went on to say, well, yeah, work on the quality like a lot 
Perhaps chat up a few friends who don't mind hurting your feelings and ask them for an opinion and listen to them. Whoa, shots Shot fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, new in Data Studio, there's page path dimensions in GA4. So you can now visualize GA4 dimensions using the GA connector and you can pull in page path plus query string and full page URL. Okay, next up from Search Engine Journal, AMP and Google Top Stories Rankings, an independent.ie SEO case study. And this was a phenomenal in-depth study that took a look if non-AMP articles can perform in top stories about AMP and non-AMP and Google Discover, if AMP is really worth it. So definitely check it out and I think you will appreciate it. And lastly here is some COVID corner news where the COVID vaccination data source wants a link. And this is again why I Google just has broken the internet for linking properly, where if you do a search for COVID vaccinations, you see this fantastic chart and it's data from our world in data. When you click on the link about the source, you go to a GitHub repository that looks like C-3PO barfed up a <laughs> drunken text thread or something. Like it's he just- never do that. It's just gobbledygook. Like it's just lines of things. And so the person that actually cultivated and curated the data, Max Roser, Max C. Roser on Twitter said, Google, great that you show our world and data data directly in your search results, exclamation. But would it be possible that you link to our site rather than our GitHub repo? It'd be better for us and also better for your users since they'd find it much more relevant information there. And you know what, Max? I got the answer. No, they won't do it because they still haven't done it. Although Danny said he's looking into it. And that's it for Organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right, first up in social this week from CNBC, Mark Zuckerberg announces new ways for Instagram creators to make money. So woohoo, new features include a marketplace to help match up brands with creators whose content matches their target audience. So that's cool. Creator shops, creators will be able to sell goods to Instagram users directly on the platform. And also an affiliate marketplace where creators can essentially earn a commission on the sales of products that they're recommending. So and expect more of this with iOS 14. You're going to see th all these platforms do so much more to keep people on. Yeah. And it's great, right? I'm into all of those features. I think that's great. They didn't really give a timeline, though, but I assume soon. What's the last thing you bought on Instagram? The last thing I bought on Instagram? Yeah. I think it was that raven necklace that I have. So I have like a raven skull necklace that kind of looks like a plate. Oh, mask. yeah, that's a raven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, next up, another useful product update, this time from LinkedIn, and it's via the desk of our very own Disney Channel fan, Greg Finn. And it says, today we are announcing that every product page on LinkedIn now has access to lead generation forms. Lead generation forms are one-click form submission experiences that allow prospective customers to convert 5x higher than traditional landing page forms. And we're giving it to you entirely for free. There's more to the message, but I'm gunning for the clock skirt for cutting the fluff in announcements. So that's all you need to know. But to repeat, for free. It is not a paid thing. It is free. You're welcome. And I'm pretty sure we talked about this when Twitter initially previewed it a few months ago for Analyst Day. But FYI, the amazing Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter has uncovered what the upcoming super follow and tipping options for profiles will look like. And we'll have the screenshot up on YouTube if you're watching. She's super. So follow her if you don't already and probably shoot her a tip when the update goes live. Tips like money? Yes. Yeah, there, I, I should describe the screenshot. So the follow button gets replaced with the super follow button if you're already following. And then there's a little like circle icon with several dollar bills listed. 
So you can wow. click that and, and send folks money. Yeah. I don't think anyone will be sending me money for my tweets, but maybe I will. I'll be your first. <laughs> Next up, Linkia has released their 2021 State of Influencer Marketing Report. So if you're in the influencer game or even considering it, the link will be in our newsletter. It's free. You just have to give them a little bit of your info to download it. Spoiler alert, TikTok is on the rise. State of Influencer Marketing, it's annoying. (laughs) That's the whole report. I feel like I just downloaded it for free. (laughs) Thank you, Shep. All right, moving on to Clubhouse. We have talked at length about competitors cropping up and beating Clubhouse to the punch with very basic things like open enrollment and the Android versions. But a recent article from Input has a new theory, and I'll just quote the article. The COVID-19 vaccine is rapidly bringing people together again in physical settings. And all of a sudden, the prospect of participating in virtual chats just isn't so interesting, end quote. That's a fair point, but you also can't gather with some folks that you may have met on the internet and want to listen to. So I feel like there's still multiple pieces to this also the titles a little bit dramatic it's COVID-19 vaccine likely cause of death for clubhouse coroner rules like there's a lot of it's the coroner I don't know but hashtag too soon also like get out of here with that I I don't like it I don't know I mean the fact that Facebook's one like we talked about last week allows you to down I was just reading something from PPC Kirk today with Frederick Valleys from Optimizer and it's not nearly as good as actually listening to it. And you can't explicitly download something on Clubhouse like we talked about last week. There's a lot of reasons why it's dead. Maybe people not wanting to sit around and listen to a group chat is one thing. But there's also limitations to the platform itself. Totally. And if, if that is the case, right, where folks are, they want to be together, then none of the audio platforms are going to do well. But of what's there, you still want to be better than what Clubhouse is doing. So I'm with you, Greg. But let's stick with them for a second. According to Wired, a bug in the app, quote, opened the door to ghosts hiding in and disrupting rooms where moderators would be unable to mute them. Yeah, really spooky and also kind of gross. Also, people who want to participate properly still have to be invited to the platform. So I can't with that. Next, a tweet from at Insta underscore leaks, aka Insta leaks. Hashtag Instagram is working on a new link sticker that appears when you add a link to your story. So that's nice. That's useful. I can get down with that. The best part of Clubhouse is when Barry Schwartz <laughs> <laughs> is when Barry Schwartz complains about SEO rooms. Have you ever followed him? No, he's on, he's on Clubhouse. He goes in SEO rooms and then he's like going into a Clubhouse SEO room and then he goes, "Oh goodness." Oh my, I've never heard advice like this in my life. He doesn't say anything, he just like lurks. No, then it'd be like, oh, they put me on stage and I tried to try to correct the situation or something like that. It's so funny. (laughs) That's amazing. He's doing the Lord's work. All right. From social media today, LinkedIn has announced it will soon launch a new learning hub to provide a more comprehensive overview for individuals and businesses of potential training opportunities to help their help them grow their careers. The learning hub will offer personalized content recommendations based on users' profiles, but also put a focus on community-based learning, helping users find mentors and make connections with people that can help them grow professionally. I love to see that. And we will round out the social news here with sports, my favorite topic. Courtyard Marriott, who has been the official hotel of the NFL for over a decade, has chosen an official audio partner. And I think they picked the wrong team. Not an official audio partner in general, but for a chat about the NFL draft. According to Marketing Dive, Courtyard by Marriott will host a conversation with NFL Network broadcaster Rick Eisen. Rich. Rich. Yeah. See, I can't. I know sports. Clearly. Rich reading. Did I get Eisen right? <laughs> Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. That's reading. <laughs> Is 
says R-I-C-H. I saw that extra little dash there because I'm squinting. The computer's in the wrong position. Anyway, if you are on Clubhouse, get excited. You can listen to that. Finally, Reddit has announced an exclusive partnership with the NBA, a collaboration that the platform says will give NBA fans on Reddit access to content and game highlights presented by a roster of brands. I like Reddit, so I hope this is a home run for them. Caleb and I might have to put a couple of cease and desists out there if they use our Top Shot videos. Seriously? Oh yeah, I don't even know what that is or how I would use it, but... We should open Top Shots on Discord at some point. That would be fun. Like cool. an unboxing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Of sorrow. Is Swaggy, <laughs> Swaggy Pete on there? <laughs> no, he does not. He's not in the league anymore. Oh. Okay. And it's P, not Pete. <laughs> oh. That's hearing, Shep. No. No! <laughs> it's, I've been calling him Swaggy Pete since he dated Iggy Azalea. It drives Eddie crazy. It's an inside joke you're not a part of, okay? Swaggy Pete. Small complaint. Caleb wanted to schedule our Microsoft advertising marketing a talk for like on the half hour because that's when the embargo ended. No big deal. We had an embargo. And it only let him schedule on the hour, so he had to go in and do it manually. Like, that's dumb. That is dumb. Yeah. Something not dumb? I used PowerPoint for the first time this week since probably high school, and obviously a lot has changed, but I have a Surface laptop, so I have a touchscreen. Cool feature I found, there's a drawing feature on there, so not only can you use your finger to draw things, but then you can animate it, and it copies your exact strokes. So I wanted to, like, circle something to show it was good, and I was able to animate it that way, and I I got a kick out of it. So, fun little thing. And for me, my big thing, it just was so annoying when you're set up remarketing. When you choose your audience on Google Ads and then there's the audience expansion, but it's pre-clicked, and the text that they say is, show your ads to more people who are likely to convert. That is not remarketing, and it should not be pre-selected on remarketing specifically. And it doesn't work. I've never seen it work better. Has anybody in life seen audience expansion work better? It doesn't work better. So don't use it. I don't know. Hardly working. It sounds like you do know. <laughs> I do know. It sucks. And I hate it. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is the Google Discover Takeout Parser from Valentin Pletzer. That's at Vorticon CMDR on Twitter. It enables you to analyze your Google Discover Activity Takeout, which if you don't know what that means, it's essentially an export of your activity data from your Google account, specifically for Discover. You can export activity from other things like Google Translate, Google My Business, but that's not what this tool is for. It's just for Discover. And Valentin's tool comes equipped with easy to follow instructions on how to perform that export and generate the file that you need to use the parser. But once you do, you just drop the file into the tool and the output is a simple table with topics and their associated clicks and views. The table is sortable and searchable and you can export it into an Excel or CSV file to manipulate further. Just an FYI, your data is processed in the browser and not uploaded to a server. That was an important thing they called out in the tool. So if you want to use this, we will have the link in our newsletter. So head on over to your inbox and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article that we comes from BFF of the show 2019, Glenn Gabe over on the G Squared Interactive site, gsqi.com. And Glenn broke down 
the most robust, the most thorough Google Prue update post to date. And he runs through key points about the launch and the rollout, evaluating sites more broadly, impacted sites from previous updates, discover impact, analysis and finding, thin content versus valuable, examples of thinner reviews. There's just so many screenshots and this goes on for so long. This is one of those hit the space bar button to proceed because there is a lot. Um, but check that out again over on G squared interactive gsqi.com and give Glenn a follow at Glenn Gabe on Twitter for anything to do with algorithm updates. He is Sir Serp for there. So follow Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show by signing up for our newsletter over on marketingclock.com or heading over to community.marketingclock.com and seeing that news channel as it comes in live. All right, and please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player too so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. Okay, so I have a game that might be everyone's favorite game because I didn't come up with it. I stole it from someone else. This is like <laughs> Barstool <laughs> trivia show that my husband watches and it's really lame. Um, okay, name the movie by its supporting cast. Ooh. Oh, I know exactly. Are we buzzing in? Oh, shoot. I have... Wait, so I have six. So I can, you guys can all play. Kayla can play too. Okay. These are all films that were the highest grossing films in the United States the year they were released, okay? So they're big. Big films. Caleb, you can go first. Here's the cast. Oh, okay. Robin Williams, Linda Larkin, Jonathan Freeman, Gilbert Gottfried. This is above my pay grade. (laughs) Can I do a steal? Yeah, can we steal? Yeah, just did it first. She said, oh, before you ask. Yeah. Aladdin. Yeah. Can you, Did you know that track Craig? so I don't have to? Craig, I know you love Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it's so raven. I was relying way too heavy on my Robin Williams. Like, mm. like Yeah, okay. Gilbert Gottfried. Jess. Yes. Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. Uh, Bowfinger? Shrek. Oh, oh, I gave it away and let anyone steal. Why do I play the games? <laughs> okay, Dude, nobody got it. I don't think you guys knew anyway. Okay. <laughs> Craig. We'll never know. Yep. Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, John Riss Davies, Ronald Lacey. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Tremors Shrieker Island. <laughs> A 2020 flick. No. no. Anybody want to steal? Who are the people again? Never heard of one of those people. I know, me either. Listen, I picked it for a specific reason. Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, John Riss-Davies, Ronald Lacey. I don't know. It's probably like Lion King. Okay, you all lose. You act like you're big Indiana Jones fans. Greatest (gasps) of the Lost Ark. But you didn't say, oh, supporting cast. That's why you left out Harrison Ford. This game's hard. Full House wasn't in the first one. This is no one's favorite game. Okay. One more round, Caleb. 
Kathy Bates, Billy Zane, you're not going to get this. Bill Paxton, Victor Garber. Oh my God, I know it. <laughs> Jess Steele. Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bill Paxton is. Jess. It? Kathy Bates, yeah, yeah. Billy Zane, everyone's favorite. Billy Zane is nobody's favorite. <laughs> he sucks in that movie. He's mean, but he's great. Billy Zane is not good. Oh, people like him. I, think. I don't know him. Yes, you do. He's very hard to even put a face to. He's <laughs> he's like one of he the extras in that Tombstone, right? He's, he is isn't in that Billy Tombstone. Zane? That's Billy Zane. Maybe he's good because he, he blends good. into things. Yeah, I take it back. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's a good supporting actor. Nobody's like having him star in Hamlet or anything. Good thing it's a game about supporting actors. <laughs> Okay. I've never seen this guy in my life. <laughs> you'll see, he'll just be in there and you'll be like, oh, I don't know who that person is. And you're like, it's Billy Zane. You're like, it is? It's like a super normal face. He's you know in I mean? everything. Just pay attention, you'll see. Jess. Yes. Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyongo, Martin Freeman, Angela Bassett, Sterling K. Brown. You're going to be, she's Come not going to know it. You'll be able to steal. <laughs> Parenthood, the show. Oh my God. <laughs> you, you know it too? My parenthood. I was gonna give it to Kayla. It's okay. No, you. What? No, I didn't get a steal chance yet. I know, but I just. Okay. Like you have to buzz in to steal. Caleb freaked out before you did. Whatever. Greg okay. gets it. I'm Here's gonna your win last anyway. One. Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, Roberts Blossom. Oh. This is Home Alone. Yeah. Did so I just win? Tied. Now we're tied. Yeah. Do you have a tiebreaker? Um, <laughs> I've got one. John Heater, Jackie Cruz, and Richard Brake. <laughs> I feel like you can't score a point because it's your question, but I can't score a point because I don't know the answer. Yep, incorrect. It was Tremor, Shrieker, I am. <laughs> you win. And nobody wins. We'll see you next week.